you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. The Around the NFL Podcast won't pick you up from the airport. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined by a room filled with heroes. Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, Colleen Wolf, and Greg Rosenthal. What's up, boys and girl? Hey, Dan. <laughs> I agree. I hate picking up people from the airport. I hate it. Yeah. It's my least favorite thing in the entire world is to f- – well, that's that's a big statement. But when <laughs> when you're expected to do certain things like that, um, you know, it's not always fun. Well, doesn't the ante up – for anyone that's ever had to go to Los Angeles' LAX, it is – I got a, I had to go to court for about a $400 ticket because you have about five seconds to pick up your relatives before some – like motorcycle cop comes and ushers you away <laughs> and my wife and child were like 20 feet away and they couldn't hear me and I was telling the police officer I just need to get their attention and they'll come right over he said go around the entire airport again he didn't like my response and I got a ticket for being mouthy you wait know, this is a habit with you because you were nice enough to drop me off at the airport one morning when I first moved to LA at like five in the morning wow and a police nice officer time. pulled you over that's I forgot about that four hundred dollars for getting mouthy yeah, it's you know, people. We've costly. moved on as, as a society. We've moved on in terms of like who are who's the enemy now. The enemy is ISIS or ISIL, <laughs> depending on who you speak with. But what you're talking about, Mark, I'm still gonna roll with it. Thanks, Bin Laden. <clears throat> None of this stuff happened before 9/11. You know, driving around <laughs> in circles. Right. Wow, getting off political. Your, taking off your damn shoes. No, I think I'm in, still upset about it. I disagree. To me, the enemy is parking enforcers in general. Yep, totally. I mean, no one – the Los Angeles city is poorly run in so many ways, but if you're parked <laughs> in one place for one minute too long, there's going to be someone there. What, I mean, that's the only well-run well run thing there is. What would these people be doing Shots for right. a living to contribute to society if they weren't doing that? Probably joining ISIS. You know, we sound miserable, by the way. It is the holiday season. Welcome to our civics podcast. Yes. uh, It (laughs) is December the 22nd today. Uh, The holiday season is upon us, so we should be in better spirits. Forget all that stuff, you know, all the things you have to deal with in the world. Ultimately, this is a happy time of year, and that's why later on in today's show, we're going to play our first time ever. We're going to have a little Secret Santa uh, grab bag. And we, you know, we drew the names out of a hat uh, this morning. And each of us got one of the people in the room right now. And we're going to present gifts to each other uh, in audio form because it wouldn't work if it was like, oh, here's a $20 iTunes gift card. Good thinking. (laughs) This is is more like a gift that you would like to metaphorically give someone. These are my favorite gifts. Yeah, so we're going to we're going to give gifts to each other at the end of the show. I know Sydney is excited about it. Um, sweet girl, I know that she loves the Christmas season. Mm. I do love the Christmas season. See, we didn't even talk about that, but I just, I know you so well at this point. Uh despite us not having, you know, uh, at this point anyway, a close personal relationship, I just feel like I get you. Yeah. And I know sure. that Christmas is something that you love. I'm getting on a plane tomorrow at 6 o'clock in the morning so I can go home and see snow because it's not really Christmas without snow. There you go. This is what I'm talking about. I knew that. I didn't even. I could have told you that she missed snow without having heard that. Yeah, you are remarkably plugged in. Okay. So <laughs> we will have our little secret Santa, the ATN secret Santa. We will also uh, uh, talk about the Monday night football game uh, that had Greg all excited on Twitter yesterday. Uh, because the Saints were involved. Did not have me excited. The Saints and Lions played on Monday night. Uh, we'll talk about that, and we will get into the news, a lot of big news, as as if you're, if you're an NFL fan, you are plugged in. And um, the last couple of days there's been some, some uh, you know, heat-seeking lasers of news nugget. So that doesn't <laughs> make any sense. 
I think people understand what you're yeah. trying so, to do. So, a lot to get to. So, let <laughs> us get to it. And we'll start. Let's start with the news. Sometimes we start with the Monday Night Football game. But let's be honest, uh, that is not a game that's going to uh, feature any Super Bowl team. So, let's talk about the news. And the first thing we got to talk about is Odell Beckham Jr. And uh, the Giants wide receiver uh, who – and this will be – um, for better or worse, one of the most famous elements when you look back on the 2015 season is the hang one. On, hang on, Greg. What about my news drop? Oh, my I goodness. Skipped right over it. Whoa. I totally apologize. There's a really good one today, too. Let's hear it. Thank you. Santa! Oh, my God. <laughs> Santa here? I know him. <laughs> How did I tell you, Sassler? She's so excited, Sydney, about Christmas that she has an elf sound drop. Yeah, I mean, it takes away from this psychic energy you claim to share with her. You barreled right through her, the most important thing you brought to the show. So. <laughs> Thank you. I, I don't think that's the most important thing you bring to the show, Sydney. but uh, we'll talk about it afterwards. Um, Odell Beckham Jr. suspended one game on Monday by the NFL. He's appealing the decision handed down by the league office following uh, just a total meltdown uh, by the Giants star, who let the Panthers get in his head and let Josh Norman get in his head. He, he drew three personal foul penalties during the game, a 38-35 Panthers win, uh, and it ended with him staying in the game, um, which a lot of people thought he should either have been suspended or kicked out of that game or benched by Tom Coughlin. Instead, he plays the whole game. And what I think what ended up happening here, Colleen, is that the league did – what Tom Coughlin should have, which is get him off the field. And that's what happened here. Yeah, and it puts Coughlin in a really bad position because he's telling his players that it's unacceptable behavior, but he left him in the game. And at the same time, he wanted them to win. And so Odell Beckham has put the Giants in a really bad position because he basically had such a total meltdown. I thought about it like it's like road rage. So it looked like he had road rage, road rage on the field. Like, you know how when you just completely lose sense of, like, everything that is right and you just go after something. Does that happen to you guys? No. Sometimes? Happened to me at LAX. I just, you know, got I see that it. happening in Los Angeles everywhere I go. It's yeah. But no. Okay. So. I try to keep it cool. Not yeah. me. Well, Greg is so, you know, even keeled. How could that possibly happen to Greg? <laughs> I, I watched this last night, and Coughlin had multiple opportunities in the first half to sit him down for a series and affect some kind of behavioral change. The behavior went unchanged throughout the game, and that's definitely on the head coach. He's become that team, and that's not a good thing. Like, that's Odell Beckham's all the Giants are now, and we've talked about – I mean, Mark, you and I met him before he even played a snap, and, you know, I, I guess he was always a confident young guy coming out of college, but he got handed so much – that it, it now, and to me, what happened was a manifestation of that, that the, the, he got overwhelmed. He's just a kid. He's like, what, 23 years old? And since there's been no checks and balances put in, put in place for him, we saw what happened on Sunday where he, he let it turn into a me-first battle. And we see the me-first, and we're all complicit in it because everyone loves – uh, you know, the pregame actions where he's catching one-handed. And his cleats. And the cleats and, you know, the hair and putting him on the Madden game and putting him in every other commercial. I mean, it's Odell Beckham's world. I know I know it's not cool to have the hot take that the, the young charismatic athlete uh, acted like a jerk and is all about himself, but that's what he is. And that needs to change or his career is going to be uh, undermined by himself and the Giants. I thought Eli Manning came out pretty strong against him yesterday on to some respect but in general it you're right Dan that it does feel like a one person team when you don't see one or two veterans coming over early in the game and settling them down though you know yesterday there were obviously a thousand hot takes and a lot of the players that work in NFL network almost to a man said he should not have been suspended that they thought a fine would have handled it that the bigger issue is that he doesn't have those guys around him because on the field other players are so focused on their own assignments that they aren't seen globally what the fan has seen on TV, but still, how do you miss this? Well, Beckham is like a lot of great young players that have been me first. I mean, some of the greatest receivers of all time Look are me first. Randy Moss, I mean, hit the, some of the things they got into earlier in their career, and I, I would go back to the 50s, 60s, and 70s. It's not like this is a new phenomenon, 
But I, I still blame the officials and Tom Coughlin more than anything. And to me, this is such a memorable way for Tom Coughlin to go out. And I think it's going to be part of the reason he does go out, that this is a guy that's supposed to be a disciplinarian, that he loses control of his team. He doesn't handle the situation correctly. If they don't win out now, they're not going to make the playoffs. So let's say they lose Sunday night without Odo Beckham. So Coughlin's actions were directly responsible for Beckham getting suspended for this game. And I just think if the Mars are looking at it globally, there's no chance that he's going to be back next year. Now, with all that said, the officials didn't penalize him at all in the first quarter when they should have a couple times. And why not have a rule that two personal fouls you're kicked out of the game or three personal fouls at the very least? Three. Why not make it like basketball? It doesn't seem that, that difficult. Yeah, I thought of the Randy Moss comparison, too. And in a way, you could say he's got the Steve Smith starter kit with competitive fire. But Steve Smith's usually the one getting into defensive back's head, not the other way around. And in the Randy Moss thing, like, I'm very leery of becoming the white middle-aged sports writer railing against him, like the fake mooning incident in Green Bay or I'll play when I want to play. I mean, you can take all that stuff and go way overboard with it. Odell Beckham was wrong. It doesn't mean he's always going to be wrong for the rest of his I career. Think, I think what you said about that, too, is I think sometimes people go too much the other way because you don't want – especially it's like in this dead spin culture when it, in terms of how you analyze sports and what just happened. You never want to be seen as the square on the other side of the argument. You always want to be like, oh, what, the, the young kid that's you know being excited and being brash. You always want to say that's the way it should be. But Beckham, to me, is the guy that shows that that's not always the case. And they need to fix him, and he needs to look in the mirror. He earned this suspension. It, right. It's very fair and should happen, but I don't think that he needs to be fixed. Right. People get suspended oh, for things. I don't things. know. I people think, think he, people get suspended for things, things all the time, for, for drugs, for arrest. On a relative scale, to me, this is a pretty minor offense. And he got he got hit for it hard, losing a game, losing that game check, not being available during the playoffs. And I don't think it's been a huge recurrent problem where he's been an issue for the Giants. I think the problem is that he needs to obviously deal with the trash talk that he's getting better because there's now a playbook out there, and it's it's probably not a secret really what Josh Norman was telling him, but there's a couple topics that people can go at Odell Beckham for, and it made him a little crazy. I mean, it, it made him crazy, and every cornerback in the league is going to know what to what, the, what it was that Josh Norman said. We should not downplay his behavior. What if he broke Josh Norman's jaw with that helmet spear job? I'm not downplaying it. Mean, it was all. outrageous. I'm not downplaying it, but he got, yeah. sus- he got suspended. But, he, but a he's flawed, not broken. He doesn't need to be fixed. He needs to come to some realizations about his own life. We, I understand we, we, he's young, but for him to think that it's okay to do the things that he did over and over again throughout the whole game, it just it's kind of telling. Need somebody to tell him. Are we leaving Josh Norman Eli. out of this right, that's the, that's the Josh thing. Josh Norman, by listen, all the right. Panthers to me – I feel like, yes, as they creep closer to 16-0, and 0, they are also becoming increasingly tedious. <laughs> I did think of it yesterday because I was out of the office yesterday. I did think that this entire adventure or misadventure between the Panthers and Giants and Josh Norman and Odell Beckham is, for you, Mark, like the worst type of NFL story. And not, not and that's not a shot against you, but anything that's wrong with the NFL is what, what this story is. Well, it just but I I don't look at it as just an Odell thing because I look at he's young and I I think he was certainly provoked on some level too and he has to work on his reaction to that but to leave the Panthers and Josh Norman out of the equation is half the story too I mean they they went at him they went at him in the pregame and whether it's Odell Beckham or someone else like that to me also deserves some examination, and well, they are looking at well, it. Well, that's the thing, and I think the blindside block is the or the blindside hit is the only reason he got suspended because otherwise. We see a lot of this stuff in NFL games a lot. I mean, the Cody Wallace hit from the Steelers on David Bruton was, was as bad or worse uh, than than the Odell Beckham. I would say worse. But also, if you're watching the game, you need to provide context for that hit. Right. That That's fair. And all these things, I think, have context. That's why in the context of football, it, it, doesn't, it seems like it's totally warranted to suspend him. But then you move on. He's still the best receiver or one of the best right. receivers in the game. Ron Rivera, by the way, announced on Tuesday that there will be no more bat brought onto the field. <laughs> so that should solve everyone's problem, including Odell Beckham's. Uh, moving on, some crushing news for the team of around the NFL. Um, Honey Badger, who has been just an absolute stud, um, Tyron Matthew, is out for the season after suffering a torn ACL. 
at the end of Sunday night football. Worse, you know, it's it's just such a, a bummer. It's the second time he's torn his ACL um, in three years now, and the fact that it happened with two minutes to play in a 40-17 to 17 game <laughs> makes it even more painful. Uh, but here's the question, Chris Wessling. Um, how devastating is this to Arizona's chances of winning a Super Bowl? Will it cost them a chance to uh, make it to the Super Bowl? I don't think anyone knows. I really don't. They are, in my opinion, the deepest team in the NFL, and they can move Gerard Powers to the slot, and they can play Justin Bethel, who is probably the best fourth cornerback in the NFL, more snaps. They can put DJ Swearinger in at safety. But there's no one in the NFL who plays Tyron Matthews' position. He's played more snaps at outside linebacker than safety this season, mm. and he plays in the slot 60% of the time, and he's their most inspirational and energetic defender. And I think it speaks so much about Bruce Arians and Tyron Matthew that Bruce Arians can get away with saying, this is my favorite player and my happiest draft choice, and it doesn't alienate anyone in that locker room. Mm. They do get back Rashad Johnson, who's – if you had to pick who's the most similar player to Matthew on the roster, it would probably be Rashad Johnson, who's a good player. Sounds like he'll return to practice this week, so it's not at least a cavalcade of injuries at the same position. But he's the reason. He and Patrick Peterson are the reason that defense is what it is. It's not the best defense in the league, although it's very, very good. They're good because of the back end and because of the flexibility that Matthew and Peterson as a duo gives them to do all these sorts of things and blitz and get creative and live with a pass rush that's really not that great. And now you just have Peterson, who's going to be locking down you know, top receivers. But now the, the secondary, what made them special, is not nearly as special. I think it's a crushing loss for how versatile he is and for, like you said, he's the glue on that defense. But it's also a team that if they're going to get to the Super Bowl, it's going to be because of what they are on offense. And they can, if they're going to give up, let's say give them another touchdown, eight points, nine points a game, they've got the offense to make up for it. But it's it's really the last player you'd want to see go because he was such – you know, you look at the character of the Cardinals and why we chose them as team of ATL and what's fun about them. He is right at the center of that. And, uh, you know, y- you got to ask, will he be the same player when he comes back? I think it, with modern medicine, well, the answer is yeah. hopefully yes. That's the bummer of it too is that – you know, he tore. He was going to be the rookie of the year probably in 2013. He tore uh, the ACL in December of that year and then wasn't the same in 2014. So now you're looking at the same exact situation where you're not going to see the same uh, Honey Badger next season, and hopefully the year after that he becomes the guy he was this year. It just completely uh, stunts the growth of what is really turning into a, a big-time career, and you hope that he's going to still be the same player. Yeah, and he was so much fun to watch too. That's the other part exactly. of it. I mean, watching these games – you know, you get so much fun out of the offense, but then when you have the, the guy like this on defense who his playmaking ability is off the charts, and it's just it's so interesting to see the players that really got emotional about his injury. I mean, Carson Palmer, who last year just suffered the ACL right before the playoffs, and so these guys know how awful it is, and the timing is just so bad. Well, he's a leader. He's a third-year player who's been injured, but he's a leader. He's one of the leaders of that team. If you're a Cardinals fan, there are plenty of things you can hang your hat on, though. Every every Super Bowl uh, contender or every team that ends up there has stories that they've overcome throughout the season. And it's usually something that, you know, something major like this that you have to overcome. They have more stories on that team than any team in the NFL. Uh, moving on, Charles Woodson uh, will no longer play football after the 2015 season. The uh, former All-Pro all cornerback in safety, uh, will retire after his 18th season. He announced this on Monday. Uh, his quote, 2015 is going to be my last season playing in the NFL. Was it a tough decision? Kind of, in a way. But a couple of weeks ago, it hit me that this would be it. It's important for me to let Raider Nation know now. Greg, where does Charles Woodson stack up in the history of great cornerbacks? I, I have a hard time judging guys you never watch on a day-to-day basis, but I think it's telling that Ronnie Lott, and Rod Woodson both came out after they found out this news, and they said he's one of the top three defensive backs of all time. And they were careful not to say cornerbacks because I think when you look at Woodson's career, what made him special is that he could do a little bit like Tyron Matthew. He could do a little bit of everything. Even when he played cornerback, he was very physical, great run stopper. And then his post-30 career as a safety and a cornerback, but mostly safety, is what made him special. There was a time... 
1996 when he was on the free agent market at the age of 27 for eight weeks. And you would have never guessed that he would be a Hall of Famer 10 years later or that everyone would assume he was a Hall of Famer. He had as good a post-30 career as just about any defensive player I can think of in NFL history, that, that the second half of his career was better. He's having a good year, too. I always find it interesting when players – have that moment where it comes to them and they know that they're going to retire. And I mean, it doesn't surprise me because he's 39 years old, but he is playing so well that I I wouldn't be shocked to see him come back next year and play. Change his mind. Yeah. it's He's a fascinating guy because you mentioned his post 30 career, which is so extraordinary, but also his career at Michigan where he's becomes the first defensive player to win the Heisman trophy beats out Peyton Manning in a major upset was a two way player at Michigan seen as one of the best athletes in college football history, and then goes to the NFL and immediately becomes the defensive equivalent to Randy Moss as the offensive rookie of the year. A mm. smashing success right out, right out of the gate. NFL Network's doing a bit this week, or a, a feature for the Thursday night game. He's playing uh, his last game in Oakland on Thursday night against the Chargers, which is why he announced this now. It was great timing uh, for the home crowd to appreciate him. That who, Does he have the best trophy case in all of football? Because you got the Heisman, you got the, the national title, You've got the Rookie of the Year. You've got the Defensive MVP. You've got the Packers Super Bowl. I mean, he, that was his year. When they won the Super Bowl, that was also Charles Woodson's year where he just dominated the NFL. Frank Gifford's in his grave going, come at me, bro. There's some good ones. Desmond, <laughs> How- Desmond Howard's pretty good, too. <laughs> Broke his collarbone in that Super Bowl win, too, in the second half. If I don't uh, That's right. misremember, he was in a sling while they were celebrating. So, Charles Woodson. He made a big-time halftime speech they all talked about where he really didn't get many words out, uh, but he just sort of – his emotion, and he, and he broke down because I think it happened in the second quarter, and they knew he was done for the day, and they were all just fired up after that. Nice nug, Greg. Remember covering that one. <laughs> Fun Humble team. Humble brag, Greg. Very nice nug. <laughs> uh, moving on. Uh, the New New England Patriots ha- have running back problems. Uh, Legarrette Blunt out for the year, of course. Deion Lewis out for the year, and they made a move on Tuesday. It became official uh, that Stephen Jackson, the veteran running back who had his b- best years in St. Louis and uh, seemed to be out of gas um, in Atlanta the past two years, confirmed, uh, <laughs> is now joining the Patriots uh, on a one-year deal. Uh, so they ha- have added another body back there. We had – who's the guy uh, that had all the carries? Brandon Bolden was supposed to be there. Joey Yusefa. Yusefa had got some carries. Steven Jackson has a chance to work his way into this rotation because there's not a lot there. Well, right. yeah, he's going to uh, he's gonna go out there and play out of his mind and all of a sudden <laughs> prove everybody wrong. Mark once wrote that <laughs> Bill Belichick could get Anne Hathaway to rush for 200 yards in this offense. I did read well, that. Well, anyone. I mean <laughs> – Well, this is a good test for <laughs> this it. This is, and I and it's it, to me, it, I understand that, you know, Belichick more than anyone likes to pull these players that at this point are ignored by 31 other teams and turn them into a January Cinderella tale. And maybe that's what happens because I don't doubt the Patriots at this point for the powers that they have. But – uh, this, to me, remind, remains something of a curious signing. Not that there's a lot of other free agents out there, but is this the best I love player it. you could find? I, I love it. I mean, he can't. He has got no lateral agility left whatsoever, but neither does Joey Yusefa. Right, that's the thing. Their roster is so bad right now. I don't think he's going to be that's their main guy. But, but they're, I mean, in terms of the <laughs> running back position. Sorry, Dan. <laughs> Whatever. You line up that running back versus any other team, they might be the 32nd best running back room this in the league right now. This could be a great story, though. Steven Jackson played on some bad teams his entire career, and he carried some awful Rams teams. I think he'll be a short yardage guy. And Belichick has talked about it. He likes bringing it. There's a method to that. He likes bringing in the, the older guys that are hungry for titles. He just thinks that's a He's also not to afraid, though. He's not afraid to part ways with them if they're not going to work out. And so right. I want to see it work before – you know, I start getting overly excited about Steven Jackson's big old career. A, yeah, he might be a shot at you, Wes. No, it's I not know. at all a shot. I took at, it as a shot. Not yeah. at all a shot at Wes. I mean, I, I even did a little dance no, with his arm. No, because it's already becoming like it's already being woven into New England's, <laughs> you know, postseason lore, and it's just like, Bart's, all right, well, let's see it happen. I hope it does. He came in our newsroom. Of course you do. And he looks like he Patriots season time for Mark Sessler. No, Steven Jackson came in our newsroom a couple years ago and looked like if you were like everyone in the newsroom is going to take this guy on in a fight, he could take everyone out in about fourteen. He's a minutes. monster. 
two so, guys, two guys passed that test. He's one, and the other one is Chris Jenkins. When Chris Jackson, Jenkins came in, and we see uh, athletes all the time, like famous all football the time, players. Dan. Chris Jenkins. So many famous people come through here. I, I wait. What's wrong with no, you're absolutely right. reminding everyone that we see players? You're all absolutely the time. right. Uh, Chris Jenkins was a, a step apart from anyone else mm. in terms of his build. This is a the good, widest person. In the I world. like this. Is there is there any player that you guys have ever seen that stuck out to me? Because for me, it's a, it's a clear one, which is Kyle Brady. He was the scariest, most imposing, sort of well built human I have ever seen in my life. Kyle Brady was just like insane. So for me, when I was covering the Eagles in the locker room, um, humble brag, John Runyon. Yeah, um, interesting. <laughs> coming like out of the eight, shower, and oh. let me just tell you though, like r- like. The towels that everybody has, they looked like washcloths on him. He was <laughs> such a large human being. I don't think Goyle should be in the locker room. I knew this was going to start. <laughs> Get Go ahead, out. everybody. Give me Tweet my me cigar. About it. <laughs> okay, offshoot of Popeye. <laughs> I don't believe that. By the way, though, Steven Jackson, he did play with Josh McDaniels when they were together with the Rams. Yeah, so right. a nice I think that's why there. that has to be – it's not just Belichick. That's a huge reason why this – Happened to sign um, And in other running back news, the Chargers have placed rookie uh, Melvin Gordon on injured reserve. He suffered a knee injury on Sunday against the Dolphins, ending which uh, ending a season that um, you know I think disappointment is a good word to use. Uh, troubling would be another good word to use. Uh, and you know, also let's let's be honest, spice rack. Uh, who, of course, is Chris Wessling's uh, desert uh, football analyst? A man. <laughs> he lives in Vegas. A man. Well, that's Greg a, that's calls it. him my football Spengali. Yes, uh, a man who uh, staked his reputation on Melvin Gordon being a breakout star in the NFL immediately upon drafting. Wes put his faith in the Spice Rack, and that uh, faith was not rewarded. And I, I, we've talked about Spice Rack all season and Melvin Gordon. So you know, to put a bow on it. We thought, let's get Spice Rack on the phone. Let's get, you know, connect with the desert and uh, and see what Spice Rack has to say for himself. So he's going to join us right now. He is Spice Rack. Oh, uh, how's it going, boys and girls? <laughs> Welcome. Hey. This is but, funny because. The first thing, you know yeah. what, before I even uh, you get to a question, the first thing I want to know is, was two things, really. One, was I just lined up uh, for ridicule? <laughs> That's fine. I can deal with that. But the other thing is, were you actively rooting this season against Melvin Gordon? Ooh. Were you rooting against athletes or the sports you love? Are you this, asking this someone specifically or the I'm entire sure. group? I'll be honest. I was rooting against him the first time I saw him hesitate to hit a hole in preseason. Mm. Well, this right. is just so you know, this is not yeah, this is not a massacre of Spice Rack. Um, we want the Spice yeah. Rack to remain on the wall, but we just thought maybe to give you um, a forum here to to maybe you know cash out to use some Vegas parlance on Spice Rack or whether you're uh, on uh, Melvin Gordon or whether you're going to stay in and just say this was a bad season. He'll double down. Double down, Vegas. Uh, well, I'll, I'll double down because I have to. <laughs> uh, but here's the, here's the deal with Melvin Gordon uh, or projecting any player. You're going to be wrong sometimes. And uh, I have the courage. I have these little notes in front of me right now. I have that word circled. Courage. So, you know, take that for what it's worth. Well done. Wow. But, uh, no, I'm going to double down just because, uh, listen, it's possible he'll be a bust. and I have no problem distancing myself from a Trent Richardson or something like that after a season. But there have been plenty of running backs drafted highly that their production wasn't there. They were a lot of hesitating. I mean, you you got on a list. Look at at the production early with, uh, like, a Garrison Hurst. Mm. I don't hear as much you know, energy. Jones, even Ricky Williams for a season struggled. You know, Le'Veon Bell was at three and a half yards of carry or something after his well, he's year. Right. This, this sounds great, Brad, and I applaud your courage, but I don't hear as much energy as – let me read a few texts from, <laughs> from before the draft. Ooh. He does things that remind me of Jamal Charles, Chris Johnson, Dickerson, and Terrell Davis. Maybe not in 2015, but I'm not I think running he's... from saying those things. All right, now it's oh, an ambush. Oh, I didn't see this <laughs> no, I love these because the one of the reasons why I continue to turn to Spice Rack as one of my college football, you know, savants, is because he's bold and he's not afraid to make a mistake, and he's just saying what he sees, and I trust his eyes. But 
if the Dallas mother trucking Cowboys draft him 27th, he'll lead the NFL in rushing next year. Take it to the bank. Good night. Mm. I was Spice I was rag. as bullish on Gordon as as you could be. I'm not getting away from that. Uh, <laughs> you know all the the everything that's, that that happened with uh, Wisconsin running backs in the past didn't scare me off. I saw a guy with Jamal Charles' stride. I saw him with uh, that home run potential that you crave. And what are you going to do? Can we talk about something else? Can we talk about Barry Larkin? Uh, well, all right. Before, before... Can we talk about Ricky Waters never but... getting any Hall of Fame uh, consideration? I know why Wes, by the way, was rooting against Melvin Gordon. Now that I hear Spice Rack, you got the little bit of the Southern twang. He's got some great football acumen and Uh-oh. history. Wes, Wes is worried. Wes is thinking, I'm the Svengali around here. I don't need Svengali. He's worried that Spice Rack's coming in on his corner. Sabotage. That's like when uh, Gina Gershon got pushed down the stairs in Showgirls. That's what's going on. <laughs> I was thinking of that. Scene. Yes. Spice Rack has a history in radio, too, so he's a natural, whereas I'm not. Well, don't, don't, don't let people know that. Now the expectations rise. <laughs> now it's like, where's this guy's polish? I thought he was a radio superstar. You know, if the Jeselnik Rosenthal uh, podcast uh, goes on. holidays under. are just a few days away. Haven't bought a Christmas Wes gift and yet. Spice Rack. <laughs> oh, uh, Wes and Spice Rack is the answer to Jeselnik and Rosenthal. I like that. That would be good to have just something as a backup. Um, all right. Well, Spice Rack, uh, thank you for. No, no, no. <laughs> Whoa. You're getting rid of me? I didn't get the. Listen, happy holidays. Wow. What, what else do you got? What else do you, you got to say? All right, you get, you get 20 I seconds. Here you go. I'm throat. timing you. I'm fighting through this. All right, 17 seconds. <laughs> I feel very inadequate. Sydney, you got to hang up once it gets to 15. All right. <laughs> do go you ahead. have any yep. stories? Do you need any Nick Van Exel Eight facts? seconds. Uh, Tell us something embarrassing about Wes. Here, guys. Four, three, two, <laughs> two one. one. Last word. Last word is, are you crazy? This is a whole disaster. Your friendship with Spice Rack might be ruined. For Spice Rack. (laughs) Well, he feels terrible. I can tell it in his voice. So let's bring it on the podcast and put it on a platform. We'll have him back on because he doubled down. But basically, he wanted more time there. But what we just needed to hear from him, he says, I think maybe out of pride, he says courage. But pride, he's going to double down and say he will bounce back. And he made some good points, Greg. There have been other very good running backs that didn't start their career well. And if you look at um, Melvin Gordon's own career, uh, he ha- he's had fits where he started slowly, whether it was in high school, college, or the pro, so maybe. Well, maybe we start a new trend on this show where we don't write people off after one season. I think we've talked about that even downstairs in – Let's like see it. what Melvin Gordon does next And Spice year. Rack, too. Don't sure. write him off either. <laughs> We're not writing Spice Rack. We're not. Rack. Is he going to be writing. upset that we had to cut him off there? I think he's going to be upset at himself because he. it sounded like he had about 30 different topics he wanted to get. <laughs> Did he think this was like the Spice Rack podcast? No, he wanted to talk about Nick Van Exel and Barry Larkin and a lot of Cincinnati things. <laughs> Spice Rack is a very I like that sports guy. fan. He's oh, yeah, he was great. I got a vibe that we liked him. I would love to have him on again and then, you know, always kind of hang up on him at the end. <laughs> Just because he'll have so much to say. <laughs> that, I think that could be his shtick. We'll give him a, a set, finite amount of time to get in whatever's on his mind. It sounds like a guy with a lot on his mind. He does have a lot on his mind. So the Spice Rack made his Around the NFL debut. So thank you, buddy. Don't be angry that we hung up on you. And really, it was Sydney ultimately that did it. Wow. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> See, that's another, you know, another show Higher from marks. Dan. Another unusual. I didn't have anything to Dan. do with it. Um, all right. Let's quickly, uh, Sydney. I apologize. Thank you. I appreciate Merry that. Merry Christmas. <laughs> um, Christmas. Let's talk Monday Night Football. All right. So Matthew Stafford continues a strong close. Speaking of not writing people off, we were, a lot of people were talking about the Lions getting rid of Matthew Stafford uh, midway through the season. He threw another uh, gem on Monday Night against the. Um, New Orleans Saints, three touchdown passes, a 35-27 to 27 win uh, over the Saints at, in the Superdome. Um, that is a game that, but you know, two teams that are not going to the playoffs, but one team that looked a lot more competitive than the other. That was the Lions. The Saints, you know, made it look respectable at the end, Greg. But ultimately, uh, and you, you are psyched up, Greg. I know you love watching primetime games in New Orleans. It makes you feel young again. Uh, speaking of Jeselnik, your old college roommate, it makes you think of you 
and Jelznik and the quad, like smoking cigarettes and <laughs> going, oh, I'm, I'm so hungover. Let's go get some food at the quad. Uh, you know, oh, uh, I'm blowing off class today. Let's play GoldenEye on Craig's Super like, Nintendo. Like I'm going to use my stuff. meal card Seems today. so easy for you to, to come up with this material. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah. If you, see, if you knew Tulane, it's like no one lives on campus. That's for squares or around campus. Yeah, break. I don't know. I don't know about Tulane. Forget the meal plan. <laughs> this I was impressed with uh, – <laughs> I was impressed with the crowd, but I, I don't like the Saints team at all. They're entirely unlikable. And I I tweeted out that, you know, any team that tries to trade for Sean Payton, they're going to get his lousy defense and his inability to fix defense with it. And, and people still saying, oh, Mickey Loomis, you know, he's the one picking the players. Sean Payton has a lot of power in picking the players. He hires the staff, and the defense has been bad really for five years straight. So that's on Sean Payton, and this is a tough team to watch. I mean, doesn't it feel like if – you know, you're getting and you know, if you look at a coach like a player, you're getting Sean Payton five years after his prime. I don't know. I don't know if I would want. Would I give up some type of massive bounty to get Sean Payton in 2016? I, I wouldn't. I think one team. I think one team will will want that. I no. think that. I well, I mean, maybe whether it's the Dolphins or someone else out there, I think that Sean Payton. In we may think that, and and I don't think that they're wrong. I, I think Sean Payton. I wouldn't want him for all the stuff that Greg mentioned too. We, can he build an entire team at this point? But in, this is an old boys network. These guys recycle these coaches over and over. Look at half the people that got hired. If Jim Tom Sewell can get a job, then Sean Payton can get another coaching job. Why not? Oh, absolutely. I, don't I fully him. expect him to get another coach. Yeah, I don't think he's out of the league. But I, I think he's highly regarded. Even listen, to, and, and Gruden loves everyone. I get it. I like Gruden this season. But well, Gruden a, was gushing over Sean Payton's ability yeah, to, to, f- to build a line and block. Well, that's his coworker. I mean, that's his colleague. That was the guy he worked with. I but mean, t- but he's plenty wildly of people, biased. But, it all, but 10 teams could fire their coaches or be looking for coaches in a month, in two weeks. So, you know, Peyton is going to be high up on that list. No, I agree. And he's a good – I think he's a good offensive coach, obviously. And the reality, though, is that they've had a couple disappointing seasons in a row. He has two playoff wins since the Super Bowl, which is five years ago now, uh, five or six years ago now. He hasn't had a lot of success, and he's had some consistent problems over the ten years in in New Orleans that really the one exception – was the Super Bowl season, and that one was really based on turnovers that they had on defense. I feel bad for the fans there in New Orleans because at one point, I don't know if you guys heard this during the broadcast, but somebody was playing jingle bells on some type of instrument, and Tariko goes, there's somebody playing jingle bells while Drew Brees tries to audible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, I guess they, there wasn't much to be excited about there. But, I mean, they had a nice little run. Now they're going to the other end of it, and it's you know it's part of – it's part of the game. I guess the biggest question, you know, just looking ahead with the Saints is, you know, where is Drew Brees after this season? Wes, did you see uh, he, he again, he looked really good. He's 36. Maybe he's not the same guy he used to be, but this is a guy that probably still has a couple of years in the tank where if he's in a good setup, he could be a Super Bowl level guy, right? We talk all the time about the Saints trading him, and I just n- never – I mean, I don't put any stock in that. Teams don't trade franchise quarterbacks. And you can point to his age, but we've seen multiple examples of late 30s quarterbacks contending for the MVP in the last few years. I think it's really interesting if teams would try to go after them as a package deal. Never yeah. never really been done before, but as as we talked about last week, he's in the last year of his contract. Jim Caldwell, though, speaking of guys that are going to get fired, th- that's all my point is that he's had success, for instance, more recently are you sure he's than, get than Sean Payton. I think there's a very good chance that, Chuck, that Jim Caldwell. I don't know that the next there. the next general manager wants to separate Jim Bob Cooter and Matthew Stafford. I mean, mm-hmm. Stafford's playing great since midseason. You could potentially keep Jim Bob Cooter too. That's happened, but that's that that puts that in peril. But Jim Bob Cooter's stock is through the roof all of a sudden, Cooter. which baffles me. But I mean, no, it baffles me because of his name alone. That's true. It's just I can't. I don't even believe he's in my world, but he is in my world now. He has potential to become the greatest Cooter of all time. It's hard to do. Mm. Cooter rankings. Well, he's gonna Ooh, buy, he's gonna bypass the, me- the mechanic from Dukes of, Han- Dukes of Hazard. That was a '70s reference. Went over my head a little bit, but mm. <laughs> <laughs> it's not an excessively long list. No, but he'd probably be ahead of the mechanics r- mechanic from Dukes of Hazard. So well, he has to be he's number that guy's one. Not achieved anything in like four decades. What was Mike Seaver's friend's name in Growing Pains? Boner. Oh, Boner. Hmm. Were you just setting that up, Dan? <laughs> Maybe. Anything else on this game? 
No, but I have an update from Poor Spice Rack. Oh, <laughs> it's no. just one stream of conscious on text. All right, the first go. one is just a simple, I choked. Oh, no, he didn't. I think did. so. Oh, I thought he uh, kind of did. But it yeah. all happened so fast. I didn't know the other folks. I should have stuck with Gordon mm. in the general running back. I'm show. sure he's going to love you. This uh, is awful, Wes. This. You have Don't. to stop. No, because it's so relatable. I, I mean, thought he did he, fine. He feels badly. He's, I thought he did He's fine wrong. Too. He's one of the best guests we've ever had on this show. He, a lot of Spice fine. Rack, come fine. back to us. Yeah. There's something inherently human about the desert-dwelling Spice Rack. He's great. I think we should have him back. All right. We will. Maybe. We'll see what happens. Neville <laughs> Gordon. Depends if he does anything in his career. My goal is to get you and Spice Rack in a bar together at some point just so you can hang out. Yeah, Ooh, I mean, I would do that. I'd have a drink with him. Not Greg, though, you're saying? No, all of us. Oh. All five of us. Okay. That's a collective you, Dan, though, that you would have a drink with him. I don't know if I would. I don't like strangers. I've kind of. <laughs> Whoa, common man. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I would. Uh oh. Yeah, I'm just, I've kind of hit a place in my life where I'm just done meeting people. <laughs> and if I end up getting to know people through work, just like Colleen's a perfect example. Colleen and I got to know each other in the last year or so. Uh, and it's it, And it's nice that it happened that way. But it's not like I'm going to go out and meet someone at a bar and become friends with them. I'm right, but done. you're here for decades more. I know. I'm done. I Are you circle. set you're with your friends I got forever? A circle. You don't need any new personalities in your life. I got a circle, right. Mark. Okay. Why, are you going to continue to accumulate uh, companions? Well, the I end? didn't know you guys a few years ago. That's before I cut off. The line starts people. here, everybody. Well, All right. Not ready to go there yet, but I applaud your, uh, your very tight – Friendship boundaries. Finally, let's uh, <laughs> let's now. Uh, it is the holiday season, after all. Uh, Sydney. Uh, For some of us. Can we? Can well, everyone, right? For everyone. Well, well, I guess uh, Greg, you're Jewish, for instance, but it, you know Hanukkah recently passed. <laughs> Still the holiday season. Yeah. New Year's. That's is not a where I was going, but yeah. Well, we celebrate Christmas. I've never celebrated any Jewish holidays, so I'm Jewish by you know cultural heritage, for instance. Mm-hmm. You know my. There's a history there, but there was certainly no religion or any temple. How do you feel about? We always did Christmas because it's a better it's a better format. As a kids, we we discussed it and we're like we want it all in one day. The Jews kind of figured it out, I gotta say, because now that's a very popular sentiment that you have. That I'm not religious, religious, but culturally I'm a Jew, which just means you don't have to go to like church or synagogue. You got out of all like the the hard stuff with religion, but you are retaining the essence of being a Jewish man. Right. Like I like, you know, I don't like manual labor and <laughs> yeah, I like Woody Allen movies. You I know, like Woody well, Allen I wasn't movies. going there. I wasn't saying that, but I'm just in in the sense of There's like, a historical connection. You know, my dad was born in, in Nazi Germany, so you feel you do feel some connection through some history, but then Ooh. What's your dad's name? Tom. We need a little Tom Rosenthal pod talking about Save the that history. for the Nazi podcast. <laughs> I was thinking of well, a different name. Okay. Maybe Jewish Heritage Pod. Wow. Sure. Staying away from Wesley that. Wesley called the Nazi podcast. <laughs> Can I get some holiday music? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what we did, we we handed out uh, or I passed the hat around and we each drew a name. And uh, and the, the person you got, we, we don't know who got who, uh, will now offer up a gift. And uh, usually I, I start with Mark, but I, I'm going to mix it up because we did. It is, a, you know, it's a mix up. So I'm going to start with Colleen. Mm. Uh, Colleen, wow. first of all, who did you get in Secret Santa? Okay, I got Greg. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, wow. All right. So um, this gift, right. you can't really put a price on it. Um, so it's uh, you're the boss. You sit on the throne of ease. You have many rings. Um, so here you go. I want you to open this. Okay. Ooh. Go ahead. Opening now. Is this cosplay? Um, so it's a, <laughs> <laughs> it's a golden scepter um, because Aww. I just feel like it goes perfectly with the throne and you can wield it in whatever Aww. way you want. Yeah. But, you know, it has some, some magical powers and things. So a physical so, manifestation yeah. of the easy place he has in life. It's what he needs. Yes, he needs a little bit more of it. I feel like that would be – that's such a great present. It'd be fun at home just watching TV, sort of letting them know I'm the boss there too. Exactly. I don't get quite – I get even less respect there. So that's it would a just be a nice thing to walk around with. It's a really nice – it's a nice the thing. The throne of ease meets the boss together with this gift. I like that one. Greg, how about you, Gunnar? Well, I I guess this we're just meant to be this year, Colleen. Wow. wow. I, I pulled – I pululled you okay. out of the list and and I I went a little different route I don't know if you're familiar with netjets mm. netjets is it's a popular fractional ownership of private planes 
Oh. Uh, it's Whoa. a company. You don't have to buy the whole private plane, but you can just use the plane whenever you want. And so I, generous. I thought I would get you a year subscription to that. I don't know how that works exactly. How much do you make per year? <laughs> <laughs> wow. But you're going to get a year subscription to that, and you're going to use it for good. You're going to be part of the group that fires Chip Kelly, and you can oh, use the, the plane. Convoy. I'm sorry. You can use the plane to uh, <laughs> to back. drop him off in Oregon. You can put Pat Shermer wherever he needs to be. Oh. You can drop Howie Roseman. You got to get rid of Riley. You gotta, it's a separate flight. You got to go yeah. get Howie in another yeah, part of Philadelphia. Yeah, a lot of flights. Riley Cooper, some Southern rock show, never to return to Philadelphia again. And then you can use the plane to go around the country and find you know the best man or woman to run this Eagles franchise because they need. Uh, a new leader. Wow. And then on top of that, you can use the jet <laughs> wow. to get home for Christmas. Yeah. And you and your husband. I can, can go see my husband. You can see each other a lot more because you guys are that's, separated by an ocean. That's so thoughtful. Spend the holidays with him. Yeah. Greg, thank Money you. was no object. It's I, I've realized that. <laughs> really? Wow. Greg just. It's like I won out. Just just it's exposed how much more he makes than the rest of us. <laughs> We've been suspecting that. And yeah. <laughs> well, that's very nice. So Colleen gets to fire people. Be with the man of her dreams. Hire people, yeah. I will now. It's really a present for Gonzo, John Gonzalez. That's nice. I'll let Uh, him know. CSNPhilly.com, of course. (laughs) Um, My gift, I drew Mark Sessler. I was happy because Mark's a very close friend of mine and has been for several years now. He's in the circle. Glad I made that cutoff. So uh, what I did, first of all, I framed Ben Roethlisberger and connected him uh, via irrefutable (laughs) DNA evidence to the Tate LiBianca murders. LaBianca murders that had been initially and correctly attributed to the work of, of course, your favorite, Charles Manson well, not my f- okay. and his disciples. <laughs> Relatedly, I have arranged for the early release of Leslie Van Houten, uh, <laughs> who you once wrote letters to in prison. This is so dark. Um, so I'm having her release so the two of you may have a platonic lunch date at the La Brea Tar Pits on Ooh. January 12th. Mm. And um, I will personally prepare your meal. No meat, of course, buddy. Uh, finally, I've arranged for Johnny Manziel to move into your back t- back guest home in the off season, so that you can personally ensure proper conduct, conduct and moral integrity. Merry Christmas! I think you checked you checked wow. out the box, and I'm stunned by some of the earlier ones. Um, but good riddance, Big Ben. Have a nice time with it, Pittsburgh. Landry Jones. There's no you- statute of limitations on murder. Uh, That's the right. Tate, Tate LaBianca murders tied to Manson. You've gone above and beyond. That's so thoughtful. Your favorite thing in the How world. How do you feel about uh, Johnny Manziel babysitting Luke and Colton, your sons? I think it'd be good for him. Okay. I'm going to have to, you know, clear some things out of my house. But no bars for you either, buddy. <laughs> yeah, well, that's not so much a gift on your part, but <laughs> I know. thank you. I know. That's a <laughs> test. All right. Who's up next? Wes? Uh, yeah. I, Dan, I know you. Oh, yes. You're going out of town. I believe I you're flying tomorrow. Texas, yes. I know you'll be away from your friends and your podcast family, and I wanted to give you a proper send-off. Ooh. I have arranged for kind of a heathen element to show up at the airport and send you off with Christmas carols, but these heathens are all going to be dressed up, (laughs) decked out in their favorite Star Wars costumes. Oh, wow. All right. I like that. So as soon as these heathens get really get into their Christmas music, I've arranged for... The J-E-T-S fight song to break out. And a bunch of Jets fans wearing Fitzpatrick jersey to take these heathens out with steel chairs oh. and then sing the, <laughs> then sing the Wow, Christmas. what a setup that would so be. So elaborate. So this one involves actual physical assault yes. on Star Wars Star Wars <laughs> cosplayers. Yes. I love that they but all get passed. I'm touched, Wes. I know that's on your Christmas list. <laughs> that, you, that definitely took the most work. Of all these presents. I mean, that, that could take months of planning. It took millions of dollars. Well, that's just money. Yours <laughs> <it's> <laughs> takes a lot of planning. It's not easy to frame an iconic quarterback for capital that's murder. A, that's a good point. That but, happened um, in 1969. That happened before he was born. <laughs> Wes, I, I'm truly blessed to have you as a friend. Thank you very much. You're Mark. welcome. And finally, Mark Sessler. I don't know how they get past LAX security, Wes, but that's a good job on you. That's part um, of Maybe use wooden folding chairs. Yes. Yeah. I drew Wes, and I had to, you know, there were some details here, so I had to write this up, unfortunately. But uh, here's what I'm buying, Wes. It is a portal to Tybee Island. Oh. Here's how it works. When shadowy league figures strong-armed Wes into moving to Los Angeles, he was forced to say goodbye to his sleepy-slash-boozy existence on quaint Tybee Island off the Georgian coast. 
Instead of staring out over the sea, now he's stuck watching zombied out traffic on the 405. Not a good place for our friend. It's true. That's my secret Santa gift. I've coordinated with engineers in the states of California, Arizona, New Mexico, Texas, <laughs> Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama, and Georgia. Here's what they're doing. My team of 284 architects and more than 225,000 hard hats have agreed to break ground on a high-speed underground tunnel that will cross the continental U.S. from Marina del Rey to Tybee. Wow. Using quantum mechanics and nuclear fuel, a combination of both, we've designed a laser-speed beer car that will take Wes from Southern California to his home island in two hours and 12 minutes. Mm. We're calling this tram system the Old Mouser. <laughs> All construction costs will be covered by the National Football League's Commuter Assistance Fund. As a side note, to help fill the coffers of the league's Commuter Assistance Fund, we're disbanding the Baltimore Ravens effective February 1st, 2016. <laughs> Merry Christmas, Wes. That is, I couldn't even think of that gift for myself. No. Uh, you go well, I don't think anybody could think of that no. besides Mark Sessler. It's expensive. Going above and beyond, and I might just use that portal every single night to go to Huckapoos for happy hour. Mm. The Great. old mouser. And I, I do like also that you did manage, Mark, to give a gift for yourself in there by disbanding <laughs> the Ravens. A that gift for anyone that cares about the history of the NFL. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Well, there you go. That is, uh, you know, what a Christmas. And and just, for you, just so you know, Sydney, uh, I do have a gift for you. I am lifting the four-month ban on Disneyland that I had, ins you know, installed initially. That's out now. You can go as much as you want. How oh, good. Wow. Thank you. Wow. That what a benevolent so dictator you are. So, <laughs> so generous. Dan's wildly restrictive personal uh, <laughs> advice for you is now lifted. What a guy. <laughs> I know. I'm actually blocked out the last two weeks, so I'll have to catch up on that in January. <laughs> there you go. So that every I think it's a happy uh, holiday and Merry Christmas for everyone. Uh, great gifts all around. And um, we will be back, by the way. I was about to say Merry Christmas to everyone, and we'll see you on the other side. But it is a little bit of a di different schedule this week with the holidays, so we will be back uh, tomorrow, Wednesday, with another edition of the Around the NFL podcast, and we will preview all of the week's 16 games to come. So make sure you check in tomorrow, or maybe it's, uh, maybe it's something you, you listen to this show either today or tomorrow. And then tomorrow's show, maybe if you're driving to the in-laws or relatives or whatever's going on during Christmas, yeah, that's when you plug in Wednesday show. I like that. Fits perfectly. Yeah. So that's it. Thank you very much for everyone listening. Uh, we will be back, like I said, Wednesday. Until then, this is Dan Hansis signing off for Quiet Storm, The Mailman, Connie Fox, The Boss, and La Cid behind the glass. Behind the glass. Behind the glass. Till Wednesday. What's up? This is the R&B Podcast. Yes, man. We had Antonio Brown on the day. We talked some Odell Beckham, some... Some, some, some rivalries. Yeah, yeah. Great, great show today, Great Nate. show. And make sure you check it out at NFL.com backslash podcast. iTunes. Is that what's up? Okay. Stitcher. Well, cool. All of that. All that, man. Hey, this is the dopest episode out. We keep getting better and better. Shout out to the team. Peace. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.